Praise God, man. You guys are so good looking. Why don't you look over at somebody and say, hello, good looking. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't do that in a youth setting, right? Will you marry me? <laughs> Lord, we just thank you. We thank you, God, that we're here at this youth camp. And uh, we just thank you so much for what you're going to do tonight, what you're already doing. Man, God, you're so great. I thank you for this powerful worship. And, and God, I thank you that you're here right now. And I just pray right now, God, that this stuff that you've given me, that you just uh, let it just come right out of me tonight and straight into their hearts. And I'm praying, God, that you would capture this generation, God, that you would, that you would grab a hold of the people here tonight, Lord. Some have come just because um, it's, there's a cool, somebody talked them into it. And I pray especially for those, even tonight, God, right now, that you would grab them. And I pray tonight, God, when this thing is over, Lord, that this place would be filled, the altars again, God, with people hearing, hearing from you, hearing from the Father. Lord, I know that you're going to speak, Lord. This isn't going to be about a bunch of lectures and, and going through song lists, God. The Father is here and he's speaking. And we just pray that you would speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, go ahead and be seated. And it's so funny because uh, your, little, your little phrase for the week um, I haven't gotten even even talked to you guys until today on the cell phone, and uh, my assistant she um she sends me a little email and she's like, uh, well you know the fr the the theme for the week is B E D O, and and she uh, she tells me she's like it's Beto, I'm like Beto is that kind of like what is that Beto, and she's like I think it's like you know and tonight you're like is it is it B do B do everybody say B do. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Be do, be what it be the body, do his will. So uh, I don't know. You know, I uh, I'm kind of like this. When I get something from the Lord, I always like the time to kind of like call all of my prophetic friends up and just talk about it. You know, and just make sure it's you know resonates in hearts and and it gives me time to 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 uh, to just feel the message all the way through before I release it. Usually when I share something, it's, it's months in my spirit just incubating in my, in my heart. And, and so tonight I'm sharing stuff with you guys that I haven't proven. And so don't get nervous. Leadership, I really believe that I've got a word from the Lord tonight for, uh, for you guys. And, and, and I hope that you receive that. You know, and I'm going to talk to you about, about the exchange zone. Uh, uh, anybody know what, one of the, what this thing is right here? A pipe. <laughs> it's a big old <laughs> cigar. <laughs> um, no, it's a, it's a, it's a baton. It's a, it's a relay baton for track. You know, and you got two people running, and, and the other one runs up, and he passes it off. And I, a uh, couple of, a couple of weeks ago, the Spirit of God gave me a vision of a baton, and He began to speak to me about the exchange zone. I, I used to run track when I was in school, and and. And there's so much to learn from that, that zone called the exchange zone when one runner enters into the zone and another runner is standing there and he's waiting for the baton to be passed. It's the most delicate part of the, of the race. And, and races are won and lost in that one zone. Anybody can run fast, you know. Well, a lot of people can run fast. But those relay races are run not by fast runners. They're run by fast exchanges 
by good exchanges. And tonight I, I feel burdened to share with you guys about, about the exchanging, about the exchanging of the things of God from one generation to another generation. I, uh, when I first got into ministry, you know, you guys, I look pretty young, don't I? You guys think I look pretty young? Okay, that's cool. Appreciate it. My wife's here, and my kids are, my, one of my, my son's in the back. You look at him, you're like, well, that guy's got to be an old man because my son's like 6'4", and, you know, just gigantic giant. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's in the red over there with the white hat on. Everybody's like, well, who's his son? So, anyways, there he is. But, uh, and then his friend beside of him. But it's, uh, it's really wild because I didn't grow up in church. You know, my, my wife here, uh, we, we met at a campground. So you never know, you could be meeting someone, but it's all good. You know, this isn't about dating. It's, I understand. This is about Jesus, right? But, I, but I, my mom and dad used to own a campground in Virginia, and, and, and uh, Emily, my wife, she was about 13 years old, you know, and she came into the campground store, and so, you know, as soon as she bought her little Snickers, I, I like, followed her back out to the pool, you know. And, you know, she's 13, and she's all cool and stuff, and I'm trying to be cool, and, and I walk out there, and, you know, and, and I'm like, hey, girl, what's up? And I'm like, I'm like, will you marry me? First words I said to her. And she's like, sure, if I can pick out the china pattern. And she, she had this big influence from her grandmother. You know, she's like, you know, into China at 13 years old. And it, 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 some of you guys might not even know what China is. You know, it's, it's, it's not a country. It, uh, uh, it's, it, yeah, what is it? It's like a tea set, you know, or plates or, you know, China, you know. So, uh. So anyways, we, we end up getting together, and, and, and I don't know, we, we break up, and, and then we get back together, and she ends up, not, neither one of us ever gone to church a day in our life. So we had no Christian heritage at all, and so, you know, we end up, she ends up getting pregnant somehow. We're doing bad things. And, and at 17, we get married, and, and I, I'm, I'm having to, like, my whole world is falling apart because I don't know God, and we start fighting. You know, we're, we're trying to pay all these bills, and I'm too young for all this pressure. And we decide to go to church because we had watched Little House on the Prairie. How many of you ever guys ever saw Little House on the Prairie? You know, uh, Little House on the Prairie is making a comeback, you know. Like, I talk to teenagers, like, I'd love to have that kind of life, you know, or just fetching a bucket of water and just, you know, just simple living, you know. And so, we, you know, we used to watch A Little House on the Prairie. You know, we had other shows. That was an old show back when I was a kid, so don't think that I'm so old. But, but I remember, you know, we were like, well, maybe if we go to church, maybe something will happen. You know, maybe we'll, like, be better people. And so, you know, we were both drug addicts. We were both alcoholics. We were, I mean, our lives were just really a mess. And, and so, you know, we, we, we go to church, and we get saved, and we get radical, and we're, like, on total on fire, you know. And we come into the church, and we're just like, man, we are just like, you know, way outside the mold, you know. And so as, as, I'm, as I'm growing in the Lord, I'm so on fire, and I'm looking at everybody. I remember I, the first time I got around an old Christian, you know, and he's like, well, son, you're just young in it. One of these days, you'll cool down. And I was like, I'm never going to cool down, old man. Come on, you guys know what I'm talking about, you know. A little rebellious. Come on, don't get scared now because I'm cool. I love older folks, and that's what I'm here to talk to you about. But I remember I was so rebellious. I was like, how dare that old guy tell me I'm going to calm down. I'm on fire, man. I'm like this young guy that loves Jesus. 
You know, I'm the kind of guy that's like praying three and four hours a day. That guy's just, he just needs to go ahead and go to heaven before he backslides and ends up in hell. You know what I'm saying? Because he's on the verge, you know. But anyways, and, um, and, so, and so I started getting like this arrogant attitude, right? And I thought, I'm like the coolest Christian on earth. And I didn't want any of like, you know, the older people to get any of their old religious garbage on me, right? Come on, you guys, you know. You know what I'm talking about, because you guys, I can tell you guys are revolutionary kinds of believers. And, and, and I remember I was like, you know, I, I went to an Assembly God church, and we had the preachers that would come in, and they'd be like, bless the Lord, brother. You know, you know what I'm talking about, right? You guys are afraid to, like, laugh. I got you. You know, and, 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 and I remember I would be like, well, man, those guys, whenever they preach, they look like they're constipated, you know? It's like, and, and their faces, you know? And then I'd hear people, and I'm like, I'm like, can you imagine talking to your wife like that, right? Bless the Lord, honey. Get in the car. We're going to the movies. You know, and I, I thought to myself, wow, man, you know, there's so much extra on that stuff. In my generation, when we hear that kind of stuff, we're just like, ugh. You know, what is that? You know? And, and I thought that I was so, like, on the cutting edge. And I'm like, I'm looking at these guys, and I'm like, man, you are so ancient. You don't have anything to say to me. Like, I don't want to hear anything that you have to say because you're so religious and you're so old wineskins, you know. And I'm new wineskins, and I'm ready for God to pour new wine into me, you know. And, and, and it was all cool, and the Lord started dealing with me a couple years ago. He said, stop cracking on people like that. Stop cracking on the people that preach like that. And, and I'm like, but God. They can't reach anybody anymore. Their churches are decreasing in size because young people don't want to be around that kind of stuff. And I'm like, Lord, you're definitely not doing anything in that anymore. And, 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 and God starts reminding me of the fact that some of these people have been serving God for 40, 50 years. They've been serving God. And God, God starts speaking to me and he says, he says, Chuck, you wouldn't even be in the kingdom of God right now if these guys, if these guys hadn't carried they hadn't carried, you know, the Spirit of God into your generation. You, you wouldn't even know God if, if they hadn't stood their ground and, 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 and brought it to you. And so just a couple weeks ago, I got like a couple of teenagers from our church that are in my, they're, you know, we have a pretty radical church. Real, I mean, you guys would love it there. How many of you guys have been to our church over, you came to Jason Upton, I heard some of you guys. It's a pretty, it's an awesome church, I mean, on fire and, and, and. A lot of young people. Matter of fact, we have a hard time keeping older folks in our church until the last couple of years. And I remember when, you know, we first started, older folks would come in and they'd be like, well, you know, you guys got to change your worship. And, and I remember crying on my couch, begging some of the older folks not to leave. I'm like, come on, man. I know I'm a young guy, but like, stick with me because I need you guys right now. And I started understanding that I needed the older generation. You know what I'm saying? I started going through this thing where I'm like, man, I really need these people. And, and, and maybe I need to get rid of some of that thinking that, like, you know, my generation is so much more cool than their generation. And maybe i got to start appreciating them some, you know. And, and, and so I got these teenagers in my church, you know, like 8, 19, 19 and 20 young adults, teenagers, young adults. And, and one of them went off to Kent Henry's Revolution School over in Missouri, and, and he just got back. And... and and, of course, he got, it, he got hooked up with the wrong people out there. And he's, he's hanging out in the bars while he's going to revolution school. And, and he's just going in the wrong direction, you know. 
and he comes back and he's like, he can't fit into the church and he won't come to church, you know. And finally I get him and I'm like, I'm like, bro, what is wrong with you? Like, what is going on that you are so scared of us? And I, I got a vision of him and he was so afraid of me and he was afraid of the church. And, and I said to him, and, and after a meeting, I'm like, what, what's going on with you? And he's like, I'm so afraid that you guys are going to kill my creativity. And he's telling me, he's like, I'm so out of the box. And I'm so afraid that the church is going to steal that. I don't want to become religious and, and yesterday. I want to be, be today and tomorrow. And I want to be fresh. And, I wanna be, and, he's, so, and he's afraid. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking to myself, all this stuff's coming together. I'm like, oh, my goodness, that's the way I feel about anybody that's been in ministry for 40 years. And I'm so afraid to spend any time with them because I'm afraid that I'm going to become like them. And then God starts speaking to me, and I've got kids. And, and it, one of these days when you have kids and they get to be teenagers, you start to understand that, that no matter how hard you reach into their lives, sometimes they, they reach a certain age. And, 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 and you start feeling disconnected, right? How many of you feel disconnected with your parents right now? And you, don't, you don't want to admit it. It's okay, it's cool. Because your parents might be here, maybe. No, tell me that. How many of you right now feel a little disconnected with your parents, even though you know they love you, and, 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 and you're in a good home, and your parents love God, and all that kind of stuff, but you're just feeling like, just be honest with me, you're feeling like a little disconnect starting to happen in your life right now. Anybody? Just raise it up real high. It's all good. I mean, we won't tell your parents. This isn't videos. Don't you hate that that's happening? I mean, and you know what? If we don't deal with that tonight, it's going to get worse. And, and if you're not careful, five years from now, you'll be so far disconnected, and you'll be way out there all on your own suffering because it's all a plan of the devil. And, 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 and I started thinking about abuse, and I did this study a while back on abuse. And... So many people are abused in, in America. Matter of fact, I looked at the statistics in West Virginia, and because I was speaking at West Virginia a youth meeting about the subject of abuse a while back, and I was shocked at the statistics of how many young people, and in a room this size, so how many young people have been, have been molested and have been abused and have watched your parents, you know, your dad beats your moms in front of you. And, and, your, and dads and moms have walked out on you. And some of you maybe have gr grown up in homes where your parents are, are drug addicts or, you know, and, and what's going on right now in America is there's so many kids that are suffering. But, but God started dealing with me and he said, Chuck, there's, there's another kind of abuse that's a whole lot worse than, this, than the physical abuse and that's spiritual abuse. What's your name? Hey, Heather, how are you? got such a good smile. She's just totally hanging on every word. I'm like, wow, this feels really great. I'm going to just keep looking at Heather here. But, but Heather, it's really wild because, because how old are you, Heather? Heather's 16. Everybody say, hey, Heather. Come on, say, hey, good looking. It's all good. Heather's 16. Heather, this is really wild because from the time you were born into the world, there was a spiritual war over your life. And it's way bigger than you've ever known. You've heard a lot of sermons about it, but there's a war over you. You can't go anywhere, and there's, and there's not a plan going on over you. Everything in your life is planned. There's, there, there are demons that are planning your whole future out for you. And there's angels that are there to intercept that and bring you to God. And there's a constant war. Even as you're in here tonight, that war is going on. There's some of you, and you know, you've seen the little cartoons like Bugs Bunny. 
Right, Bugs Bunny, that was my era. I think Bugs Bunny's still around, isn't he? Bugs Bunny's got to be like 100 years old now. But anyways, he still looks good for 100, doesn't he? But, uh, and Daffy Duck, right? And so, this beak all backwards when he gets blown up by the gun, and he pulls it back around. But anyways, and, and so Bugs Bunny, and he's got like, you know, and he's, he's over there getting ready to do something bad, and a little demon jumps up on his shoulder, and he's like, do it, do it. And little angel's like, don't do that, don't do And it's like, do it, you know you want to. Well, you know, that's what's going on with you guys. Right now, even as I'm speaking, there's little voices that are saying, don't listen to him. Look at that guy. He's already lost your attention. And there's another voice going, you've got to listen to this guy because he's going to give you something that could change your entire life. And that war goes on tonight. And it's, and it's wild because, because all over America, somewhere tonight, a child is being violated. You guys know that? I mean, in, in a girl... Is being for her taking her her virginity is being taken away tonight. These are real issues we got to talk about as teenagers. People are being forced to do things they don't want to do. How many of you ever been forced to do something you don't want to do? No, serious. Once you now everybody that's 12, 13 years old, they're gonna admit it just that quick. When you get a little bit older, you don't want to admit it anymore. But the bottom, you know why that is? Because you've been forced so many times. You're in an abusive spiritual relationship with the devil, and he's already taken ownership over you, or he's in the process of taking ownership over you, and he's pulling you away from your parents. He's pulling you away from your friends that are walking on with God. He's pulling you away from the church, and his goal is to get you outside of everything that you've ever been connected with so he can abuse you for the rest of your life. You know what I'm saying? That's what he does. And it's really wild because he did it with me. And he's, he's trying to do it with some of you guys. And, uh, you know, I know you guys heard about that whole Anna Nicole Smith thing that happened. It's kind of old news now. But uh, and, and you guys know what I'm talking about, Anna Nicole Smith? You know, and, 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 and she dies. And, and, and her body, they can't even bury the girl. She's, she's this beautiful model. And... Guys all over the world have lusted over the beauty of her body. And here she is laying dead, covered up on ice to keep her beautiful body from rotting away. And, and then all of a sudden, news is just filled with pictures of this woman. And every one of them, she's stumbling around, and she's all messed up. And she's all drugged up, and she's laughing, and she's crying, and she has no relationship with her mom, and she and she's she loses a kid, and, and she doesn't know if anybody loves her, and she's just in a world of misery, but the whole world just keeps on lusting over the beauty of her body. And when that happened, the Spirit of God said to me, he said, Chuck, what happened to the real Anna Nicole Smith? And my wife was watching an interview. Uh, and, 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 and she's on there, and she's telling about the first time she posed nude for, like, um, she posed with no clothes on um, for, for Playboy. And, and she's telling, I hope this is okay. Is this, this is okay, cool. I usually talk to adults uh, a lot of times. I hope my wife's like, wow, bro, you're talking about it. But, but look, this is a deal, man. You guys have heard all this stuff. And, and the first time she does that, she's like, my wife's watching the interview, and she's crying when she's being interviewed. And she says, I'm out there in front of play, the Playboy office to go in there for that photo shoot. And she said, and I can't go in 
And she said, I'm crying because I don't want to go, but they offered me some money. And, and, and Emily says, she's looking into the mind of Anna Nicole Smith at how the devil raped her life away from her and wore her down emotionally and wore her down spiritually until he just lured her into things that she didn't ever want to do. And he pulled her into it, making it look so good. He was pulling her into it. That's what the devil did with Eve in the Garden of Eden. And that's what the devil will do to you. I remember the first time I ever smoked a cigarette. You know, my grandfather was smoking and he threw one beside the wood pile. And I'm like, well, that's going to catch the wood pile on fire. That was stupid. But I remember I picked it up and my buddy's like, smoke it, smoke it. I'm like, oh, yeah, let's do it. And so then I smoked that cigarette. And, and, then, and then I'm in, in a big group of other people, and they're like, hey, man, come on, everybody's doing it. Smoke another one. And then the next thing you know, it's, it's alcohol. And the next thing you know, it's, it's marijuana. And it's just, and the devil's pulling you in. And, and never, when you do something wrong, did you ever want to do it. There were forces taking place, drawing on your heart, wearing down your resistance, Pulling you in a direction you didn't want to go. Have you ever thought about this? Because this is what's going on. Uh, is anybody in here, just real quick, anybody here 12, 12, 12, 12, what's your name, girl? Desiree, that's a cute girl. I've never, haven't, haven't seen a Desiree since I was in like kindergarten. I had this little friend, Desiree. Well, anyways, this is Desiree right here. Everybody say, hey, Desiree. Say hello, good looking. See, Desiree, you're, you're 12 right now. And so you can just look at Desiree. She's got just such a good spirit about her. She's up here taking notes. See, I mean, look, she's taking notes. Isn't that great? This, no, this is the way you take notes, you know, when you're in a youth meeting. How many of you got notes like that, right? So it's all good. These are prophetic notes right here. They actually mean something, right? It means that, uh, oh, I won't say it. But anyways, but so there, there's Desiree. Everybody else is holding up their artwork saying, look at mine, man. It's just totally in the spirit here. But so Desiree. Desiree's got such an innocent heart, but Desiree, here's the deal. You're 12. You love Jesus? Are you up here in the front getting all crazy tonight? All right, cool. So Desiree's 12. Now watch this. Desiree, in seven years, she's going to be 19 years old. This innocent 12-year-old Desiree that's got such a sweet, innocent spirit at 19 could be the kind of girl you see that's got a hardened heart. You know, the, you know, the people you see them, you look, and they've got a hardened look about them. And, and, and Desiree, Desiree, you're on a threshold right now where the devil is going to do everything he can to completely take ownership of you. He wants to, he's going to expose you to things that you've never been exposed to. He wants, he wants you trying things you've never tried. And little by little, his plan is to take you over the threshold and take ownership over your life so he can control you for 5, 10, 15, 20 years until you finally get sick and tired of it, and then you turn back to God. And it's like it's such a shame. I see so many young people, you know, just taken away from God. And, and tonight, you know, we're in this place, and, and, and you guys are so fired up for the Lord, man. I mean, I was watching all of you laying down on the floor. That's the way I like to worship, too, you know, just laying down on the floor, you know, and just and just on my knees with my hands raised up to God. And I'm thinking, um, Desiree, were you, were you up here? You were up here tonight, Desiree? Where, where were you at? Where were you? Where were you positioned in the anointing here? You beside your friend? So you were sitting on the floor, Indian style or something like that, sitting back, just kicking back in the presence of God, right? Yeah, were you doing this right here? 
like this, right? Is that the way you do it? All right, you had your eyes closed maybe? Maybe open, you're like, yes. What are you saying? Yes, Jesus, touch my life. Come on. I was like, yes, amen. Well, doesn't that feel good to do that? But you know what? The devil's going to come over the next couple of years. He's going to try to take that away. And if you're not careful, you'll go from there to the far back side, and, you, and you'll laugh at people that are doing that kind of stuff. Right now, your heart is so pure. What I'm saying is I'm trying to show you guys you're in the threshold years. You're not only in the threshold years, you're in the exchange zone right now, and you might not even know it. In other words, God is wanting to place his spirit on you. He, this is a time where God wants to take ownership of your life, and God wants to make you the prophets, the coming prophets. He wants to put his spirit over your life. And, and, and so here you are in the middle of this most delicate time of your life. And until tonight, you might not have ever even thought about what's going on as far as all the influences taking place in your life, you know, and, uh, and it's crazy the way it's going on, and, um, and I just, my heart just, my heart just aches for young people. I remember the first time I ever got drunk, I was at a party, and, uh, I remember my heart was racing in my chest because I'm thinking, man, I shouldn't even be going here, you know. And and I went. I was 12 years old, Desiree. I was your age. And 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 that's where I got that scar on my head there. And 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 I remember I was there. And my buddies were like, "Come on, man, just go ahead and drink one." And I, and I drink it. And he's like, "Come on, drink another one." And they're like, "Let's let's race and see who can drink the most." And, and I'm just drinking, just drinking away, just drinking away. And from, from that point on, all the way to 19, my life was taken by the devil. It was totally stolen by the devil. And, and I hit rock bottom at 19, and I cry out to God, and God shows me that has a plan for my life. You know, the Bible says that light came into the world. And listen to this, people love darkness more than they love the light. So they held on, they embraced the darkness, and they rejected the light. And what I learned about abuse is this. People that end up in abusive relationships, they get so addicted to their abuser that they can't appreciate Prince Charming when he comes in. And, and a whole generation of young people are addicted to the abuser. And Jesus comes in, they go, oh, he's just too nice for me. I, I, like, I like to be abused. I like to be slapped around. And listen, I want to say to you, none of you deserve to be abused. And, 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 and I tell my daughter all the time, she's, she's, um, she's 14, going to be 15. She's about this tall. She's absolutely beautiful. And I tell her all the time, she came to me you know, a while back. She's like, well, it's, it's just private stuff. But anyways, and I'm like, honey, you've got to set up boundaries around your life. You've got to set up boundaries around your life. And you have to value your life. Don't let somebody take that. Keep your, the ownership of your heart in the hands of God. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm trying to talk to her all the time about valuing herself and being strong and not allowing herself to be taken, taken over, you know? And, um, you know, and I'm just, I'm just thinking, I'm looking at you guys, and I'm like, I'm wondering how many of you. I mean, it's really wild, you know, when you start preaching like this, people won't even make eye contact with you when they got crazy stuff going on. They'll just be like looking away like, whoa, man, this guy's like, he has no idea what I've been tempted with the last couple of weeks. He has no idea what I've been exposed to. And no, I do know. And, 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 I, and I have a heart for you guys, for Heather here and for Desiree. 
And my generation is longing to reach into your lives. And what's going on right now is at 12, between 12 and 17, you guys are going to get to the place where you're going to start to reject my generation more and more. You're not, you don't want to. You want to love us. But more and more, Heather, your coolness is going to kick in. You're 16, man. You're going to just start feeling it more and more. And you're going to be strutting down the road. And you're, gonna, you're just going to feel me. You're going to get yourself. You got a car yet? Oh, man, you're going to get you a car, and you get some nice rims on it, a nice system, and you'll be going down the road, and you're going to be Heather. you got Heather, you know, Heather, like some kind of, you know, you know, hot girl or something like that. I mean, I, you know, and you're just going to, you're going to just, you know, you're just going to be all caught up in yourself. And then what happens is that at 16, 17, 18, then mom and dad get less and less cool. And mom and dad become, oh, man, all that mom and dad ever want to do is just lecture us and, 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 and then the church is no longer any cool because it, they used to sing cool songs, but, but now these songs are just kind of like dated and they're no fun anymore. And even the youth songs are no fun anymore because they're just so not cool compared to everything in the world. And, 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 it's like, and it's like the church, I see the body of Christ like my generation and Timothy's generation. We are longing to give you guys Jesus wrapped up in a way that you'll always love him. We're searching for ways to give you God in ways that you'll appreciate it and that you'll embrace it. But no matter how hard this generation tries, I see in the spirit one of the worst rejections from sons and daughters of the parent generation than I've ever seen before. My generation rejected our parents. This generation is rejecting the church, is rejecting their parents, is rejecting anyone that's older than them. And, and, and I'm seeing it. I had these young people in my office, and, and they're telling me this. And I'm like, man, I'm like, guys, like, you've got to trust me. I'm not going to take away your creativity. I'm like, you know, these two guys do announcements in our church. You know, we do video announcements, and they're the funniest guys in the whole world. Every once in a while they do something. I'm like, oh, gosh, the old folks are going to hate that. But I love it because they keep us, they keep us out there in the fresh you know, in the creative place, you know. You know what I'm talking about, young people, right? You guys got any creative energy tonight? Ooh, yeah, okay, that's right. Listen, the church needs you guys. And, and the church doesn't need you guys. Shut off in a corner somewhere in some revolutionary thing and rejecting the church. You know, and this is what this one guy told me. He's a worship, worship leader. And he's like, well, whenever I lead worship, the anointing is just so strong. But I come into the sanctuary, and it's just so boring, and it's just so dull. And I'm thinking to myself, you've been doing this for two years, and you're rejecting. You're rejecting what, what I believe is, is anointed, a prophet. We have a prophet, a prophetess as a worship leader. And, and, and you're saying that you're too cool for her now? You guys know what I'm talking about, right? I know you guys got real quiet on me. Heather's still with me, though. Heather, you are with me, aren't you? Heather is with me, and so is Desiree, because I called both their names out. Desiree, what you doodling now? Color in your little U-piece, B-code, purple, green. But... But so, so here's what's going on. And so I'm thinking to myself, you know, Jason Upton is uh, has become a real good friend of mine over the years. And, and one of the things that we talk about recently, we've talked about so many times, is this whole thing. Because Jason's out there, and people are coming to his conferences, and they're coming to his meetings. And, and, and it's almost like if he's not careful, he'll create a whole youth revolution. Young adults revolution, 
and, and it will be absolutely detached from the body of Christ. It'll reject the body of Christ 100% and will try to birth some new movement. And this is the way we always seem to do it. And so the question is, can we stay connected to our parent generations without allowing the yesterday that's on them to steal the creativity that we have burning inside of us? You guys have all the passion. You have all the energy. I'm 35, and I'll jump up and down with the best of you guys. I don't have a whole lot of rhythm anymore. Never had any rhythm, actually. But I love to shout and jump up and down. Sometimes now at 35, I get in a group like this, and I'm like, I'm just not cool enough to be up there. I mean, Timothy, man, he was going for it, wasn't he? I was like, Timothy is like the coolest. How old are you, Timothy? 31. He's younger than me, so he's still able to do it. But, but you know, I come into places like this, and I'm like, man, I'm just like getting too old. And I'm just telling you guys, I'm speaking on behalf of my generation. I'm like, I don't ever want to be disconnected from the young people. I love young people so much. And I believe I'm speaking on behalf of anybody that's, that's 30 or older. There's this divide beginning to take place, you know. And um, so, and so there you guys are with all that passion, with all that energy. And I had these two guys in my office. And I said, how often do you read your Bibles? Well, every once in a while. And tell me this, tell me that. Started giving them a couple things. I, I don't know. And you say that you don't need me? See, this generation, many people in this generation, many of you guys in this room, you know what it feels like. But you're having a hard time showing us where it's found. And, and God was speaking to me. What's your name? Brianna, that's a huge Bible. Can you lift that up by yourself? That thing is, oh, my gosh, that thing is heavy. So Brianna's even got her name on it, Brianna Resch. And uh, is that right, Brianna? Brianna, your generation hasn't yet connected themselves to the Word of God in a way that the anointing is flowing through your life the way God wants to. Many of you, now some of you guys, how many of you guys love the Bible? Uh, we didn't even get one yell, we just got some hands raised. How many of you love the Bible, serious? I mean, I mean, I'm serious. I ask my kids all the time, have you read the Bible? Where have you read at? Oh, God, Dad's just, you know, keeping up with us and making sure we're reading our Bible. And I'm like, at some point, you guys have got to take this Bible and live by it because that's where, that's where the anointing, that's where the calling of God, that's where the flow of God is going to come into your life is through this. And until you guys, until you guys are able to begin to live by that and know that, you know, I asked these guys, how many times have you read the Bible through? Well, you know, we haven't really read it through all the way cover to cover yet. I said, I've been through it maybe 25, 30 times in 16 years. And you say that you don't need my generation? Tell me how to prophesy. Tell me how to hear visions, how to see visions and, and dreams in the Spirit. Tell me how to navigate in the Spirit of God and prophesy like a maverick, like an eagle in the Spirit. Do you know how to do that? Well, no, we don't have to do that. Then you need me. I might be antiquated. I might be outdated in some of my style. But you need you need to receive from my generation. And, and so it brings me to my little baton thing, right? And so here's what happens. You know, in a relay race, in a relay race, um, you've got an incoming runner. And then you've got an outgoing runner, Right? So Heather, help me out here. You'd be my real A person. Come on, Heather. Everybody give Heather a hand as she steps up here. So, so Heather's 16. Heather's 16. I'm 35, right? So we're just about, you're about half my age, Heather. Isn't that crazy? I don't look like I'm W, do I? 
Okay, thanks, Heather. I appreciate that. So, okay, so Heather, so this is your right hand right here. This is your right hand, and this would be your left hand. Okay, so all we need tonight is your left hand, okay? And so what happens is, Heather, now this is real important. A lot of people don't realize this. How many of you saw, ever saw a relay race before? You know, let me tell you, if you ever watch an Olympic relay race, it is one of the coolest things in the world. Those guys are like so fast. They come and it's like, whoa, pass the baton, keep going. And the wild thing about this baton thing, I remember the first time I did it, I did a relay race, right? Because I'm a long distance runner. And they stuck me in a relay race one time. I'm like, I can't do the relay. I'm going to drop the baton. And that's really embarrassing when you drop the baton in front of all those people. Look, look at that spaz just dropped his baton, you know. And so I remember, I remember I'm like, oh, my goodness. And I, I'm, I'm standing there and I'm like looking back at the runner. And I'm trying to talk to him, I'm like, bro, are you, you know, like, are you going to give me the baton now? You know, I'm looking back, and, 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 and I got my hand out there, and, and my fingers are all over the place, and, 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 and I almost dropped the baton, and then I'm trying to figure out what hand to hold it in. And, and, and then as you, as you do that kind of stuff, you realize that there's a, huge, there's a huge system in this to make it work right. First of all, you got to put all your fingers together, those fingers. Okay, I'm going to make you a track runner, girl. What school do you go to? Just, wow, 16, you just graduated? You're so smart. See, that's why I picked Heather, man. She's so brilliant. Okay, so Heather, so you got your hand. Spread your thumb out. Okay, now you're going to put your hand behind your back. However, it's natural. Right there, right there. Okay, so now you got it. Now, I'm the incoming runner. I'm the incoming generation. Now, look at this. One of these days, I'm going to have to take this, and I'm going to have to give it to Heather. Between now and then, we are both in the exchange. We reach a certain point. Now, now, Heather, now watch this. I'm way back here, and the exchange zone is up there, right? When the exchange zone is way up there, you're like five years old, Heather, maybe three years old. But as I continue to run this race, as I continue to run this race, there's a certain point at which, at which Heather is getting closer to being in a position to be able to take this and carry it wholeheartedly into the next generation. She gets to a place where she's ready. Are you ready? Oh, girl, you can't be doing that. You're going to drop it like that. See, she's not totally ready yet, but even though she graduated school, she's getting ready. Okay, so she's got her hand ready. And so here I am, and I'm coming into the zone. Now, what do you think I'm supposed to do right now if she's standing still and I'm running as fast as I can into the exchange zone? What's going to have to happen? Who thinks I need to slow down? All right, what else? She has to start running. Okay, so Heather, I'm coming in as fast as I can, right? And so Heather's going, oh, my goodness, like, i got to start running. So Heather's got to figure out when she needs to start running so that I don't overrun her, right? So Heather's thinking that, and, and then I'm thinking to myself, Heather better get running because I'm going over, to overrun her if she doesn't start running. So I'm coming in, right? And I got it in my right hand, and I'm just going, right, Heather? And so what does Heather do now? So Heather starts running. What else does Heather do? Huh? Oh, she looks back? Does she or doesn't she? Okay, now, this is the wild thing. I'm telling you, I'm going to try to teach you guys something here on this. So here's the deal, Heather. This is what happens. The way it works best is that you put your hand back. Well, first of all, you don't even put your hand back yet. You're looking at a little piece of tape on the ground that we've marked off. And when I get to that piece of tape, it's probably right about here. When I get to that tape, you turn around. I hit the tape. You don't look back anymore. You can't look back. 
and you just start running as fast as you can, right? And then I catch up to you, and I yell a command. You know what the command is? Hand. Everybody say hand. So when I say hand, what do you do? Hand goes back, right? Fingers all together, thumb out. And then, and then I, it's my job to run fast enough. This is so crazy the way this works in generation. It's my job to keep running. And I'm tired now, right, because I've already run my whole leg, right? I'm totally wiped out. She's got all that energy. She is totally fresh. She is ready to go. She's been standing there waiting. Her heart is racing in her chest. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, Heather's going to outrun me before I get to her. But I give the command, and I run all the way through, and I yell, hand. And she throws up her hand, and in one motion, actually, i got to do it just like this, put it right in her hand. She goes around, and then Heather begins to run her race. Now, Heather, you can go ahead and be seated. Now, go ahead and give her a hand because she's such a great little. Now, oh, oh, and by the way, Emily, go ahead and grab those. My wife's got a little gift for you guys. We bought practice batons. For everyone, yeah, just go ahead and hand them all out. Timothy's going to help. Everybody gets a practice baton tonight. No sword fighting. No, okay, you can. Everybody gets a practice baton. No, my, mine's the real deal. This is, yeah, this is a $10 one. You guys got like the $2 one or less. <laughs> All right, everybody got one? Make some noise with your little batons. Oh, isn't that great? Little noisemakers. We can praise the Lord with our little batons. All right. So now, so now here's what's going on. I gave you guys one of them. I gave everybody a baton. Because I want you to get used to what it feels like. I want you to get used to what it feels like. Here's, here's what's happening. Okay, everybody, hold your baton. There you go, perfect. So now, here's what's going on. In, 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 in the Olympics, whenever they want to train an Olympic team, what they do is, Timothy, this is a wild thing, is they want to make sure the goal is for you to run and make the exchange just as fast as you would if you ran straight on through without making an exchange. You're not supposed to slow down at all. You're supposed to, the incoming runner's running as fast as he can, the outgoing runner goes as fast as she can or he can, throws hand back, perfect time, grabs the baton, takes off, and never misses. And you know how they actually train that? They'll stick another runner that will run on the outside, right outside of them, run right outside of the two making the exchange full speed, and they'll time them to see if you can make the exchange just as quick as the runner running right beside of them. And so the goal is to make the exchange without losing momentum. All right? Make the exchange without losing momentum. And so... And so the incoming runner passes off to the outgoing runner, and the goal for the outgoing runner is for them to get full speed before they take the baton. They've got to be going full speed. And so 
And so what the Lord began to speak to me, and this is what I want to show you guys in the script in the Bible. Go ahead, if you have your Bible, go ahead and open it real quick. Show you a couple verses. Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter um chapter twelve. Second Corinthians twelve. This is such a crazy verse. I want everybody to listen to this. This is so crazy. What's your name? Matt, how old are you, man? 22. I figured you were 22, man. I was thinking about 20, somewhere around there. So, so Matt, this is, this is crazy. The Apostle Paul was writing this. And, and, and Paul, Paul's in, in, he's, he's in so much pain right now. I don't know, how many of you guys ever read First or Second Corinthians? Raise your hand. All right, don't lie to me. Okay, so many of you guys read First or Second Corinthians? You guys have read it. Okay, good, thank you. That's good that you've done that. You like it? Look at this. You ever check out Paul? I mean, he's a guy that writes, like, so much of the New Testament. He has, like, this little crybaby fit in the middle of 2 Corinthians. Like, matter of fact, he's bothered that all these people are, like, talking about him. And, and he's, um, and Paul gets there to chapter 12, and Paul starts really letting us know, like, what's really in his heart. And look what he says in, in verse, um, in verse 15. He goes, he goes, I will gladly... I will gladly spend myself and all I have for your spiritual good, even though it seems, look at this, even though it seems, the more I love you, the more I love you, the less you love me. Paul is getting to the end of his life. He's getting to the end of his ministry. He's been in ministry for years now, and he's, he's, he's well into his race. And he's saying to another generation of believers, he says, the more I love you guys, it seems like the less you're loving me. And it's kind of like the same thing I'm talking about. Paul is like, man, I'm reaching out. And it's like, and I just want to say this right now prophetically. I hope, I hope when you guys go home, when you get done with this camp, I, I hope that, that God would use this message to bring you and your families closer together. You know, your moms and dads, um, and some of you guys, I mean, I don't want to start asking, you know, for raise hands. Some of you guys might even not even be, maybe you're in foster care, you know. And you're like, well, what are you even preaching about this whole generation thing? My parents totally rejected me. Well, my real father walked out on me because he had a scholarship, you know, a basketball scholarship to Ohio State, and he took a knife to my crib and wanted to kill me. You know, uh, they tried talking my mom into having an abortion, and 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 then and then my 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 stepdad comes back from serving during Vietnam, and he comes back and finds out that his girlfriend had gotten pregnant with this kid, and ended up getting a divorce because the guy left because of a scholarship to Ohio State, and he ends up marrying her, becomes my stepdad, and resents me so much of my childhood. It's like every time he looked at me, he could almost see the affair or something like that. I don't know. And I remember my father and I were so separated and going through all of my childhood, I felt so rejected. And even two times I tried committing suicide. One time I stuck a gun to my head and, and cocked it back and, and put enough pressure on the trigger for it to go off, and, and it never did. And I remember sitting there crying. And thinking to myself, wow, 
I can't believe the gun hasn't gone off. And another time I tried overdosing on pills. And I remember through all of my childhood, my mom and my dad were both trying to reach out to me. But I, the more they reached out, the, the more disconnected I felt. And I know what it's like. And maybe you guys, how many of you feel like you have a phenomenal relationship with your parents right now? Raise your hand. That's awesome. You know what? And all of you guys, how many of you are, are in a Christian home? Your parents go to church. You guys all go to church. That's pretty wild because even in Christian homes, kids feel so separated from their parents. It's so tough these days to make a living and to balance everything out. And your moms and dads are trying so hard. And some of you guys are so neglected. And, and, and there's such a separation. And what I'm saying is that God, your parents are yearning to love you guys. Listen, your churches are yearning to love you guys. And, and how many of you grew up in church like in the puppet days? Like you remember the puppets in children's church? Raise your hand, puppets. Oh, look, nobody wants to raise their hands on puppets because that's just so not cool. How many of you grew up with veggie tales? Come on, you guys. Like if you're like all the 35-year-olders are like, yeah, veggie tales, and they're coming out with a new motion picture now, right? But you know, you know, how many of you grew up, like, you grew up in church your whole life, you were in the nursery, like, okay, in the nursery department, like, they changed your diapers in the nursery department, right? And, and so it's like, it's like this, you grew up all of your life in church, listen, you so appreciated church all these years, you, you loved it when the puppet shows were going on, you're like, yeah, that's so cool, that's right, and, and, and now you're getting a little bit older, a little bit older, and maybe none of what I've talked about tonight has affected you at all, but I can, I can tell you that some of you, it's already beginning to happen too, and within five years, you could find yourself totally disconnected from the church and wandering. We've got, we've got this guy in our church now. He, uh, he used to meet me for early prayer. For years, he'd meet me for early prayer, and, and I remember him laying on the floor, crying out to God. I remember him filling his diary with messages about his future. Now he doesn't even know if there's a God. How does that happen? He goes off to college and he meets some real intellectual people. You know what happened? Somehow we never made the exchange to this guy. Somehow he wasn't running full blast when, when we laid the baton into his hands. And, 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 and we're not making the exchange. Somehow from, from 13, I think we do a good job all the way up to about 13 years old. You know, you guys have memory verses, and you learn about Daniel in the lion's den, and, and what's some other stories you learn about Noah's Ark, right? And you're learning all those things. But then when you get to around 13 to 15, um, we're dropping it. And, and, and then all of a sudden, pastors are going like this, and worship leaders are going, oh, my goodness, who am I, who's who am I going to raise up to be the next worship leader? Who's going to be the next? In my church, I'm looking for people, and I'm like, who in the world can I get to preach? If I can find a 20-year-old in my church, and I've always given the pulpit away to young people. and just saying, go for it. And I'm trying to train everybody I can. But I'm noticing there's less and less people at 20 years old that are running at full speed when we're ready to hand them the baton. And, and matter of fact, I'm just going to leave you guys with a couple things, and, and then I want to pray for you tonight. This is crazy. George Barna says this, 88% of all teenagers, 88% of all teenagers are no longer in church one year after they graduate high school. You guys hear that? 
88%, listen, almost 9 out of 10 of all of our young people are no longer in church one year after they graduate high school. 88%. You know, in 1996, the, uh, the U.S. men's Olympic 4 by 100 meter relay team shocked the world. Up until then, up until 1996, they had won every single contest in the history of the Olympics. They won gold medal. The men in, in the USA won gold medal for the relay. In 1996, they shocked the world when they never even placed. And they didn't lose. They didn't lose because they weren't fit. They didn't lose because they weren't trained. They lost for one simple reason. They lost because of an, the improper exchange of the baton. This is the most vulnerable phase of your entire life. It's right now. This season you're in, every one of you are in the exchange zone. And God is saying, I'm ready to pour out my spirit on you guys. I'm ready to pour out my spirit, and I want you to take the baton, and I want you to run, and I want you to run this leg of the race. Do you realize that you guys could be the final generation to walk this earth? And if you're the final generation, I don't believe that God is coming back for a weak church, for a church that's afraid of the world, for a church that's, that's begging for God to come get them because we can't hold on any longer. He's coming back for a, for a group of revolutionaries. And I even believe that prophetically in 2007, between now and the end of the year, you're going to see a youth revival break out and gain momentum like it's never gained momentum before. I don't know if any of you guys are going to the call over in Nashville. But listen, there is something. It's so much more than a stadium filled with radical teenagers. It is, it is the culmination of a momentum in the spirit. What's going on is that the teenage generation, you guys are beginning to run. You guys have already seen the generation coming to hand you the baton, and you guys are running, and you're beginning to run at full speed, and you're reaching full speed. And I believe in the spirit that God is about to give the command, and the command is hand. And I believe that if you're trained right, your hand's going to go back. And this generation, my generation, is going to lay something over on you guys, and you're going to run with it. And you're going to make us so proud, and we're going to watch you guys run the finest leg of this race. Listen, God is not, the devil will tell you that, that Christianity is becoming unpopular. And that, with the, there, there's no way we're ever going to take this nation back. I'm saying this, one of you guys that gets the baton, listen, Heather, you've got a lot of fire. You've got a lot of emotion. You've got a lot of passion. You've been reading your Bible. You've been going to church. All this stuff is going on in your life. And you know what? And you know what? The fullness of the anointing of God has yet to fall on you. If you've done all of that, riding on the covering of your forefathers, what is it going to be like for you, Heather, when the Spirit of God falls on you? And just like Elisha standing there waiting for Elijah's mantle, when it falls on you, when it leaves one generation and comes on you, can you imagine what it's going to be like, Heather? The anointing of God. You talk to young people about this these days, and, 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 and I had a guy, young adult, preaching my church a while back, and he's like, he's such a great entertainer. And I'm like, listen, man, don't stand up there in the spirit of Ryan Huffer. When you stand up and preach, you know how to work crowds. You're one of the funniest guys. And, man, you're going to have all of them right there with you. And you're so handsome. And all the girls are going to be like, oh, I'm listening to everything he has to say because maybe he's my husband. And, 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 and you just got the whole crowd's attention. 
But I said, don't step out there like that. You pray in the Spirit. Get yourself open up to God and let the Spirit of God flow through you and step into the anointing. You know what I'm, how many of you ever flowed in the anointing before? Raise your hand if you have. Come on, I know it's not a cool term like in youth circles these days. Raise your hand real, real hard. How many of you have ever given a prophecy before? Raise your hand. Prophecy. You know, you know, some of you guys could give prophecies over the nation in the next couple of years. I mean, I'm talking hardcore prophecies over the nation that, that I mean, just that come to pass. And, and, it's like, and it's like God is saying, I want to give this to you. Do you know how long Elisha walked with Elijah before he received that mantle, before it fell on him? Anybody want to guess how long? Ten years. Elisha walked with Elijah ten years. Ten years you don't see Elisha doing anything but serving his parent generation. He served his parent generation. He served the man of God that God had placed him with wholeheartedly. He didn't start saying, you know, Elijah, you're getting a little outdated. You're just so not cool anymore. I can't wait till I take it. But he kept on honoring Elijah. He honored his parent generation all the way until the day. And he recognized the value in his parent generation. Elijah, Elijah said, Elijah, what do you want from me? He says, I want a double portion of your spirit. I want it. You might be a little outdated, and you're still singing hymnals and all that kind of stuff, but you're a man of God, and I want a double portion of your spirit. Why? Because we don't want to lose momentum in the exchange of the baton, and then every generation has to start all over again because we end up outside the church. We end up trying everything else because the church is too outdated for us, and what I want to see you guys go back with is a love for your parents, a love for your parent generation, and honor and respect. When you flip through the channels and you see one of those preachers that all of us in the revolutionary circle are used to making fun of. I was flipping through the channel the other day. Emily was in there. I'm like, look at this guy. I would have made fun of him two years ago. He is so not 21st century. I'm like, oh my goodness. This guy is stuck in like 1948. But I was looking at him. I said, honey, do you, have, do you know how many years this guy's been preaching? You know, you know, thank God this guy carried this into my generation. And I'm starting to get this honor for these, for these older generations, and, and I'm starting to love older folks, you know. How many of you still have grandparents living? I said, man, let your grandparents know that you appreciate them and you love them. And start listening to their stories and what they have to say because there's an impartation that God wants to give you guys. I know this is not popular, but uh, hopefully you guys are receiving this. Let me give you a couple one more verse, and, and then uh, and then we'll close. Go to uh, go to Second um, Timothy. Second Timothy. Anybody know how long Joshua served Moses before before he before he received the anointing of God over his life? Anybody want to guess? How you doing? Huh? How, how long? How many? No, forty. Forty years. Forty years, Heather. Heather, you're sixteen. Can you imagine God just going, man? 16, I'm calling you to serve another generation for another 14 years. Was it four? No, 24 years. Yeah, see, I've been out of school for a while. 24 years, and then it falls on you. You know, I'm just thinking to myself, God, to see this vision of parents laying hands on their children, Jacob and Esau, Jacob steals the blessing from Esau, and then Esau stands in front of in, 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 uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. It stands in front of Isaac, and he's, he's weeping. 
He's weeping for the blessing. He's saying, Father, please bless me. And he says, it's too late. And I see a vision right now of the younger generation realizing that they're overlooking the, the blessing from their forefathers. And, and I see in the future that you guys are going to begin to cry out for an impartation from the, from the previous generations. And God's going to give it to you guys. What I'm saying is this. There is a part of your destiny that will only be fulfilled when you connect with someone that's already walked this race, that's already run this race. There is something you guys need that my generation and only my generation, God's not going to give it to you out in a corner somewhere. He's going to give it to you. We're talking about be the body, do his will. And so being the body, the body of Christ, no longer segregating ourselves off. You know, it's the teenagers and, 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 and their movement, and it's the adults and their movement, and our worship is so much more anointed than their worship and, and, and teenage worship and, and adult worship, and God wants to put all of that together. And he wants all of us to influence one another so that we can finish out this race. Look at this in uh, 2 Timothy 4. 2 Timothy 4. I'm reading this to you from uh, the Message Bible. Anybody here have a Message Bible? Raise your hand if you've got a Message Bible. Okay, so everybody else just kind of listen to this. This is Paul, and he's talking to Timothy. Listen to this. He says, you take over. I'm about to die. Just look at this. Just look at Paul. He says, he says, you take over. I'm about to die. My life, an offering on God's altar. This is the only race worth running. I've run hard, right to the finish, believed all the way. All that's left now is the shouting, God's applause. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to pray right now over every young person here. In the spirit, God, I believe even during this youth camp, you've come here to impart some things to them. Lord, they have so much fire. They have so much passion. And God, even over the last couple of years, Satan has been working on some of them. Even in the spirit right now, I see over some of their lives. I see the enemy has moved in. He's begun to wear them down. Pull them away from God. Pull them away from the church. They're no longer fascinated with the move of God anymore. Many of them are, but some of them here tonight are not. And I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would fall on them. Lord, we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Right now, God, I just am beginning to feel at 35 that I'm running with this baton, God. Feel like I'm out of the exchange zone and I've been out for a season and I'm beginning to run now, God. I'm I'm running, Father. And in the distance, I see another generation. There they are, they're so beautiful, so amazing, they're so fresh, 
Some of them are worn down. Some of them are beaten down. Some of them have been abused. And they're addicted to their abuser. Tonight, God, we're breaking that off of them. And we're refreshing this generation. And we're calling them to get ready for the transfer. To get ready in the exchange zone for the transfer. Because for many of them in this building tonight, over the next couple of years, the mantle is going to be passed. And I'm saying to you, sons and daughters of the living God, have you accepted the responsibility of what is coming? Have you prepared yourself? Have you prepared yourself? Have you readied yourself for the portion of God that's coming upon you? Your generation has been drifting, even like Moses, just drifting around. And God is visiting some of you. He is visiting you in the burning bush. He's beginning to speak to this generation. This is no longer a deafened generation, a blind generation. You guys are the forerunners. You guys are the forerunners. God is clearing out your ears. He's clearing out your hearts so that you can hear from him. He's visiting you with visions. He's filling you with dreams. Father, I pray right now.